swords and handle art to spark souls and charge souls to cross roads and bandits are catacombs and giant doors protect the chest and stores some legendary items with the dragon bones and iron it's a grand theft of blood scrolls simon's quest the drawing earl rock shoes to earth clue keeps the exit gaming news the police get some bad dudes to crash crew like bandicoot all shit a game in english Control issues. Yes, yes, y'all. Yes, y'all. Yes, yes, y'all. Well, this is Control Issues. I am the AMC. And this is A Dub. You can find us at control issues.com. You can also go to your podcast provider, whoever that may be. Look for Control Issues, download it, subscribe to it, rate it, review it. Five stars. We'll appreciate you. You can head on over to Twitter. My Control Issues is the handle, and you can also pop on over to twitch.tv slash controlissuespod, where we put up gameplay videos every so often for your viewing pleasure. AMC, how's it going? That's going good. Uh, Another week. We're still around, so I guess that's uh, something to to feel good about. I don't know. World-wise, I'm like in this weird state of limbo where it's like, it's, it's, I guess, good <laughs> I, I don't yeah. know like there's like there's a lot of things i feel like that are, are looming but like as of right now like the world isn't burning so i guess we're, we're doing all right <laughs> the the embers are still smoldering <laughs> yeah exactly well i mean uh, you you celebrated a, a family milestone recently yes yes theo celebrated his his number one yeah, he, uh, he survived a year now at this point, so he's going strong. He um he he went all in on that cake, letting everybody yes. know how how strong he's gotten. And I believe that, that was his first. Cake. Yeah, that smash. I believe that was his first uh, taste of well, sh- sugar and like not natural sugar is what I'll say. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> he's been enjoying a lot of fruit, but he hasn't had sugar at that level. <laughs> yeah. Right, here's a little taste of what the world has to offer you, little man. Yeah, and then we just take that away from him like it never happened. That high fructose corn syrup, once that hits you for the first time. Yeah, once it hits your lips. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, other than that, everything else has been good. How about yourself, A-Dub? Man, staying steady on my discipline, doing well in my my five-week figure drawing workshop. That's working out, even though it's, it's remote. Much prefer to be in a physical class, but I'm learning and I'm looking forward to how much better my art's going to improve as a result. And that's about that. Yes. So outside of that, A-Dub, what have you been playing? Well, I kind of took it easy this week because it's a pretty big week. I mean, of course, we have the Juneteenth celebration and because of all the all of the current events that transpired, over the past few weeks, past few months, this whole situation we're in, a lot of companies decided it was time to start recognizing Juneteenth as a paid day off. So I had Friday off and a game that I just purchased this week, pre-ordered. It's been a long time coming and it's finally on my console. I started playing The Last of Us 2. 
So I had that Friday off. I stayed up on, on Thursday a little bit, woke up bright and early on Friday, just put in a handful of hours, make sure I get, get all the basics down and get into the meat of the experience, which is kind of where I left off once I started. So I've gotten through the whole like introductory tutorial phase of the game. Now I'm in the game proper and I believe I've gotten just past the first really big exploration oriented area and now I'm going down the story funnel until I get to whatever the next area might be and I gotta say man it's this game is pretty much exactly what I wanted from a sequel to The Last of Us and yeah I mean it just it looks better it sounds better. The Like I said, they have big exploration areas now. As you might remember, if you since you played the first game, is that it's linear, but it's like a semi-open thing where it's like you're going down a street, but you could go into these buildings on either side of the street. Well, now, in this iteration of the game, it's like there's a whole block and like a, a freeway overpass or something going through it. And you're investigating like this block or two of space, looking for things you can go into, updating your map as you go along so you know, you know where the mysteries are and whether or not you've solved them. And it, it's pretty awesome. It very much reminds me of Uncharted Lost Legacy, which is by far the best Uncharted I've ever played. It's my personal favorite. I love the story of Chloe and Nadine rolling around on that island with that Jeep. And now it's it's Ellie with a horse <laughs> rolling around just completely overgrown portions of the city as she's hunting down her rivals. So far, the story has gripped me. They've introduced some old friends. They recapped the events of the past game, at least the most pertinent ones. And now they've set the stage. Now all the pieces are beginning to move against each other in the ultimate battle for supremacy as we approach the rising action of the title. Um, I'm also enjoying the little quality of life upgrades and the, the gameplay improvements that they added to the experience. Now, like, you can crouch and you can go prone. And they've revolutionized murder grass. You know, nobody's done it yet. Naughty Dog has done it. They revolutionized murder grass. You can crouch down and like get a little bit of stealth in tall grass, but then you can also go prone and get stealth in the short grass. <laughs> so there's like, there, there's, well, there's the ground and then there's like, I guess, knee high grass, which is the short grass. And then there's like waist high grass, which is the tall grass. <laughs> so you have different levels of murder grass it's crazy damn yeah what are you saying how's um how's adapting to the uh, improved ai to i i don't know if i'd call it improved it functions in a similar way as lost legacy did where the enemies if they spot you then they're on alert they're communicating they're trying to flank you they're trying to get vantage points on you while protecting themselves uh, once you like break line of sight they go into kind of a cautionary mode still searching for you not as aggressively but they're moving around they're trying to reestablish a viewpoint on you and if you can stay out of sight long enough then eventually they 
they fall back and regroup. Like, all right, they're still out here. I don't know where they are. We going to get them. So, yeah, man, it's, it's still fun playing with that dynamic. It's much more intense now because it's not very easy to outrun enemies. So you have to use the immediate environment to your advantage. And, you know, you really have to have a good grasp of the controls. I'm playing on the second highest difficulty, which is hard. I'm not playing on Survivor. I'm not ready for that. So, yeah, man, there you don't have a lot of breathing room. And I remember from the first Last of Us where, yeah, action would get a little heated, but you could at least, you know, create a little distance or, I don't know, it, it felt like it felt like you had a little more of a buffer between just getting utterly murdered or not. Whereas in the last of us two, it's if you don't know how to read a situation or if you don't respond like properly or quickly enough, you're going to have a bad time. And I'm trying to get my, my last of us legs back and it's working. There are some situations that erupt and I handle it like a genius. It's, it's pure nirvana. Here come like four or five clickers. I'm walking around with a shotgun, popping them off. Bah, bah. <laughs> and then like throwing a bottle at somebody, walking up, stabbing them with the kill blow, dodging hits. I love that they added the ability to be able to dodge attacks from enemies because that gives you it decreases that buffer that was there in the first game. And it also just keeps you right in the fight with a fighting chance. You can sit there and kind of spar with these enemies, dodging, bobbing, weaving, stabbing. <laughs> and then you get melee weapons that, that reduces the amount of time you have to spend beating on these dudes before they go down. Overall, it's, it's great. I'm enjoying it. Now, I've only put a few hours in it, so, you know, I'm not going to form any final opinions. However, the parts I've played have just completely captivated and wowed me, so I'm having a good time with that. But AMC, what have you been playing? Uh, putting in a little more work in Octopath at this point. I've put down... Four of the uh, the main characters' storylines, which leaves four other ones that I'm just pushing through, and it's kind of crazy. So I I had like my main protagonist guy who I couldn't take out of the team, and so I mentioned in previous episodes that he's basically OP at this point because he's sitting at around a level sixty, while the other characters at are at level forty five. So he's just like handling all the enemies that I run into because the um, for the most part the uh level requirement for the final chapters is level 45 and oh, wow. so yeah i have a guy that's at level 60 who's just part of the crew and so Are he's you gonna put lebron on the bench for yeah, the final nah, fight no nah, no nah. i'm just bringing <laughs> he's actually if anything what i'm enjoying about having lebron is that it's pushing through the final bit of the game in a way where it doesn't feel tedious because i'm still really enjoying the story but um i'm kind of just pushing through the battles at this point and so having that character um 
pushes through the uh, the random encounters a lot faster. And so I'm just working my way towards the boss fight, which is always going to be a tough fight. So if anything, it's pushing through the, uh, the parts that would seem a little more tedious um, for the final bits of the game, just so I can get to the real meat. So it's kind of nice. It's almost, in a way, it's fast-tracking uh, my final experiences. And with that, too, it's cool because I'm also coming across... Um, caves which are in a way side quests so you can run into npcs and um a few of them will give you side quests and then you can go and um either like talk to other npcs find an item to complete a side quest or there'll also be side quests that are then uh, connected to caves that you'll come across as you're walking through the world uh-huh. and so with that i where I, whereas I would have normally probably just skipped over these caves because it's it's more content and I'm I'm kind of looking to put the game down. I know that I have this OP character, so I can just quickly run through a cave, uh, find the boss in the cave, do that boss fight, and uh, complete that side quest storyline. So it's it's kind of nice. It's helping me also fast track my way through the side quest so that I can really get to taste all the uh, content of the game without feeling that I have to put in another 100 hours to really see it through to the end. So it's nice. I'm actually like sitting at around like 120 hours of the game. So it's it's definitely a meaty-ass game. Yeah. Um, so yeah, pretty much at this point, that's all I've been playing. Still haven't started up a new game with Marissa yet, but that is on its way. But is your that, marriage falling apart because you guys don't... <laughs> Don't have a game to play. Well, we we had a plan to um we were gonna play this and then we were gonna play Ghost of Tsushima and then after beating Ghost of Tsushima we were gonna play Cyberpunk but um in September but plans may have changed. Yeah, <laughs> we used to do things together. Yeah. <laughs> we planned to buy Cyberpunk in September. <laughs> Our marriage went the native past September. <laughs> You're not the man. <laughs> You're not the man I'm here. <laughs> So with that, Adam, uh, let's get into the topic of the week. Top topic of the week. So what well, you got? <laughs> well, your marriage may be coming to an end, but other people's marriages might be lasting a little bit longer because it was revealed this past week that Cyberpunk 2077 was delayed. Yeah, so unfortunately, CD Projekt Red announced that Cyberpunk 2077 has been delayed from its September 17th release date back to a sobering November 19th. In their words, at the time we were writing, Cyberpunk 2077 is finished, both content and gameplay-wise. The quests, cutscenes, the skills and items, all the adventure Night City has to offer, it's all there. But with such an abundance of content and complex systems interweaving with each other, we need to properly go through everything, balance game mechanics, and fix a lot of bugs. A huge world means a huge number of things to iron out, and we will spend the additional time doing exactly that. AMC, how are you going to manage? I don't know. I mean, it's kind of funny, uh, all jokes aside, you would think this would be a good thing. This would be pro-consumer in a way. Like it's we're going to delay this in order to get it more right. And you look at certain games like Fallout 76 where people are like, ah, maybe you should have waited a year before putting this game out. Yeah. And you and then you even look at a Mass Effect Andromeda, um, where there's just certain issues with um missions like where you you can't complete them or 
was like eyeballs missing. I'm right in front of now. Yeah, I think eyeballs missing in heads and stuff like that. Like all types of weird shit. And um, so yeah, like you look at this and you look at a game that is supposed to be as detailed as the world of Cyberpunk is going to have at its at, at your disposal. And so they want to make sure that every connection is correct because there's multiple ways to complete a mission. The The world seemed pretty dense as far as what you'll see as you're walking through it. And so you have systems on top of systems and they want to make sure that all of that plays out well so that uh, if you choose to go a certain route, you don't run into a bug and then they have to fix it post-launch. Uh, so it seems like if anything, they're they're beta testing the shit out of the game and they're realizing, or at least quality testing the shit out of the game. And they're realizing that, Oh, there's certain things that need to be ironed out before we can put this out in the world. And so I totally get it. You have a game of this scale. You want to make sure that everything works well so that people aren't sitting there complaining day one. Cause that is the thing about any game is that you release it. And once you scale up, the uh the user base and all the different things that they can do they start poking holes in it and they start finding gigantic craters within the game and so you want to make sure all of that is taken care of so i mean i'm i'm if if you looked at the way i've played games as of late i haven't really been day one with anything other than as planned with ghost of tsushima so um, this game getting delayed again is uh, no skin off of my back uh how, how about yourself Ado? yeah it's it's not hurting me in the slightest. It's just going to give me more time to work with all the other games that are coming out between now and when Cyberpunk would have come out. I mean, I got Rebel Galaxy Outlaw coming out in August. I think what the Kingdom of Amur remaster, which I'm probably not going to get, but it's an option. Uh, Ghost of Tsushima, I'm working my way through The Last of Us 2 right now. So there's, there's a lot going on. I know there's a couple of games that slipped my mind at this moment of time. I think, ah, Wasteland 3. I think also comes out in August. Mm. So, I mean, that period of time is packed. I mean, we also have the next-gen consoles coming around that time, so it would be nice to have something like a Cyberpunk come out closer to that period in time because even though it's just going to be, like, the raw backward compatibility side of it until, you know, they come out with some enhancements and such, at least you have something to play. And it's something new. It's not just, oh, let me see what this boost mode's about. So, you know, it's it works out. I mean, if anything you look at, especially that first year of of a of a new generation, those games tend to be, if not cross-gen, um, just slightly more boosted versions of the current-gen uh, games. And so if you look at that, I mean, it, it kind of makes sense. Like, like even we'll get into Miles Morales and what they described. It, it does seem like, I mean, they go into detail and we will discuss that, but it's everything that we saw at the the um that leaked event from playstation where they were showing like all this stuff that you can do with next gen hardware on current spider-man is pretty much what they put into miles morales and so you you look at it and a lot of games that are becoming that are going to be coming out that first year for the most part aren't going to be taking full are going to be taking um taking into account all the capabilities of the new hardware and so yeah i have no problem playing a technically cross-gen title um, at the launch of PS5. <laughs> Absolutely. But you know, AMC, different strokes for different folks. 
and some folks <laughs> are getting rubbed the wrong way. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, mercy, yes. So as you guys can tell, we're going into Troll of the Week. Yeah. There's a lot of trolls going around this week. I mean, we easily could have poached a whole pack of them from the last of us two coming out but to be fair to our listeners and fair to the to the discussion surrounding that game a dub wants to get a little more experience under his belt before he starts debunking these these rumors and these leaks <laughs> but until then people are gonna be upset about something mm. and this time it's cyberpunk <laughs> So first show says, is this solely so they can also sell next-gen versions too? Well, dude, if you've been paying attention to the news, which has been like pretty big news ever since it dropped, is that with Cyberpunk, you just get the PS4 or the Xbox One version, and it upgrades to the next-gen version when it's available on your next-gen console. Microsoft calls that smart delivery. And just recently, CD Projekt Red confirmed that the same system is going to work on PS5. Now, I don't know if it's going to be exactly the same as the smart delivery system, but at least you get your one copy of Cyberpunk. You get your upgraded version for free. It's just like that. And until then, you can still play your Cyberpunk on your backward compatible PS5 or Xbox Series X. Yeah, I believe it was um, when they first announced Smart Delivery, um, they, uh, Xbox or Microsoft had basically said that we also plan to work with third parties um, in order so that they can take full advantage of Smart Delivery. And obviously the uh, Cape Crusader that is CD Projekt Red uh, being pro-consumer that they are, they were one of the first third-party companies that jumped on and said um, Cyberpunk will definitely be taking full advantage of Smart Delivery. Um, and this was, I believe, back in February when they said that. And so it, See, and when they then were asked about, do you have plans for a next-gen version of the game? They said, we have nothing to discuss. Um, we have no plans for that at this point. And I think that's basically, they wanted to see exactly how this was all going to play out as far as smart delivery and how, uh, whatever PlayStation's forward compatibility uh, version would be. Because with that, they would just be able to then release one disc and then you play it on whatever generation and when xbox first laid it out and they had to lay it out again this week how smart delivery works it's that you buy one copy and you get the best version of that of that game on whatever hardware you're playing on so if you buy halo infinite on xbox one x you get then you get Xbox Series X, you get the best version of Halo Infinite, which would be, I guess, the next-gen version on the Series X. And you would only assume that that would be the same case when it came to PlayStation, as long as they had that available. So it's and nice to see that that was confirmed. Is. Yes. <laughs> and, like, I, it makes me wonder how, exactly how much people who say these kind of things know about business or selling things, because why... Why would they make a disc version of a ne- of the next gen version? Like, why would they put out a PS5 disc when that's just going to cost them money? When they <laughs> could just put out the patch, it doesn't cost them money. You're going to keep buying those PS4 and Xbox One discs anyway. 
so they don't have to they don't have to double their fixed costs in order to make the same amount of revenue so uh it's it's these kind of things that make you go hmm next show says wow delay to next gen no that's not how that works it's delayed on current gen but you can also play it on next gen and then at some point after the launch of next gen it'll get enhanced at no cost to the player next troll says how many times do i have to change my vacation days this year glad they're polishing but holy shit this is a comedy show at this point (laughs) no sir it's called the creative process and this is what happens let's just go with a few anecdotes here if this was bethesda and this was fallout and instead of just delaying their game and say, hey, if you want to knock some more bugs out and polish it, they decided to, oh, I don't know, put it out anyway and then fix it over the course of three months. You guys would say, hey, they rushed a buggy, broken game to market. They're just in it for the money. It's a cash grab. But then you get a game delayed. Oh, this is a comedy show. It's like, which is it? Do you either want the game to be released in a proper state or do you want it rushed so then you can complain? I don't know, AMC. And it's also you're just sinking costs into the game without having any money returning from the consumer. Yeah. So it's in their best interest to get it out as soon as possible. And they're saying, no, we're not going to do that. So if anything, they're taking the hit right now rather than bringing in some money. <laughs> Next show says... Keanu lied to us. Yeah, he did. (laughs) Next show has another well-thought-out zinger, and he says, overhyped game. (laughs) (laughs) He called high garbage, I guess. (laughs) Not yet. yet. Next show says, if this were Bethesda in a new Fallout game, it would have come out a long time ago. At least CD Projekt Red cares about the quality. There, there you so, go. You gotta, <laughs> gotta slip in that fallout, but that's the hate. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. They're the, but that's the killer. Yeah. <laughs> Next show says, general reminder that this game was announced in 2012. Mm. Yeah. They're looking like Square Enix right now. <laughs> <laughs> looking like Rockstar right now. <laughs> I mean, Jesus, man. Yeah, it was announced a long time ago. And now it's only a few months out. What is your purpose here? Uh. <laughs> Next show says, people will cry hard. I don't care about that overrated developer who can't create good gameplay, but props to them for taking their time to maybe finally make a good game. That one trick, <laughs> that one trick pony? <laughs> oh, no, we haven't gotten there yet. Uh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you know somebody's hitting them with the one trick. Yeah, this is an overrated developer made one of the greatest games of this current generation of hardware. Some people would say the greatest game. Some people would consider it the game of the decade. It's it's definitely one of the most well-written and performed games ever made. That Yennefer. (laughs) That Yennefer, that Trish, (laughs) that unicorn. Next show says, Project Red shook right now. Something tells me they bit off more than they can chew. Oh, they shook ones. (laughs) (laughs) Dang. I wish wish we had that beat on deck. (laughs) Uh (laughs) Bit off more than they can chew. Well, 
according to CD Projekt Red, in the verbiage of their own information that they put out to us, the game is done. All the content, all the mechanics, all the items, all the weapons, all the upgrades, everything's there. They're just tidying up. So they've chewed it, and it's been swallowed. Next troll says, such a joke, developer. Can't wait to get cyber fucked. Been saying for ages this game is going to crash and burn. I actually had legit insider info on this game's disastrous production. Launch game will be nearly unrecognizable to the fake demo they showed years ago. Well, I have, I have legit insider info that says this game is going to be amazing, and I don't have to name sources as well. Yeah. <laughs> it says Dig Nasty 69. Yes. Keeps us up to date on the nastiest gossip. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Look, look up your boy. Yeah. Oh, man. See, I mean, this is the same kind of talk. This is the same kind of talk with all these big releases. Oh, I had insider info. It's going to be trash. Game isn't out yet. Nobody's played it. So the Last of Us 2 just went through this. Just everybody taking these leaks, running with them. I'm playing the game myself. I'm coming across leaked content. And it's like, yeah, it makes sense. Yeah, that's all right. That's cool. Oh, that's not bad writing. You just read it off of a bullet point list of things and decided to be mad about it. Like, none of the stuff people are obviously exaggerating about this game are panning out the way that they want you to believe. Like, it's it's the sequel I wanted, and it's definitely a fantastic experience. So I'm not trying to listen to anybody trying to say they know Cyberpunk is a bad game when y'all know shit about shit. <laughs> y'all know shit about that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, next show says, the game is way too ambitious for current consoles, and I think CDPR realized it more and more the last couple years. They should have saved Cyberpunk for next gen and developed it on that superior hardware so the game could realize its full potential without concessions. <laughs> Keep in mind, game was announced to the world in 2012. So they already knew the hardware they were dealing with and what they wanted to do with it. It just, they took their time with it and now better hardware is coming along. It's like, whenever we get close to the end of a console generation, people always assume that the games coming out at the end of the current generation are too ambitious for the console and they should just be delayed for next gen. And sorry, it's just not how it works. They know what they're doing. They plan these games for this specific hardware. <laughs> It it's not their it's not their first rodeo like they, it's not like they haven't developed a game before they're not going to overshoot the capabilities of the hardware that they're working on yeah i've heard like um i've heard this argument too with like uh it was for shadows of the colossus re like the the remake or remaster where they're like oh like i think it would have benefited if they delayed it to the ps5 and it's like why stop there? Why not just delay every game until the next gen so they could somehow take advantage of the uh, the new console? Exactly. Like it's, it's like it's such a stupid argument. <laughs> like why not just delay it so they could take advantage? Like why not delay every game so that you just have no games in the final year of a console cycle? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> why still continue trying to get the most out of what we have? Yeah. <laughs> you should just save it. And then want to and then want to get mad at Rockstar for only releasing one one game a generation. Yeah. 
It's like, hey, they could have put out Red Dead 2 whenever the hell they wanted. But instead, they took their time with it. So yeah, they could have they announced GTA 6 and pumped it out for current gen. But they didn't. They're taking their time and raking in all that GTA 5 shark card cash. When they were like showing off that Spider-Man leak of Spider-Man on the next-gen hardware and all the instant loading, why didn't they just delay Spider-Man until next year? <laughs> God of War would have benefited. <laughs> Horizon should have been a launch game. <laughs> it really would have been a much better game on this hardware. Yeah. It's like, why develop anything for anything? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> It's like those dudes who have just been writing that screenplay for like 10 years. <laughs> when, it, when it's perfect, I'll put yeah. it out. <laughs> yeah. It's like it was trash when you wrote it. It was yeah. trash when you revised it. <laughs> 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 You've learned a lot. Start a new project. Yeah. Uh, Next troll says, wow, considering there are still people who defend yet another delay, People have way too huge expectations and trust in this developer. If this doesn't deliver, then one trick pony is done for. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> one trick pony. Yeah. That one trick being one of the best games of the generation, one of the best games of the past 10 years. <laughs> the best okay. is the best too is like defend. And what do you mean defend by playing it cool and being like oh i didn't i don't need this right now so i'll be fine the the playing it the defense of being that oh i can just play another game <laughs> like it's like somehow like you have to get mad at the uh, developer if they don't stick to their promise of a release date it's one thing <laughs> if they cut content but they're just saying hey you're going to get it a little bit later so that it can play the way that we intended it for it to play you're going to get it a little later but it's going to be a little better how dare you defend them? <laughs> <laughs> defend a delay. Yeah. <laughs> you mean come to terms with something that I have no ability to change? But I already gave like, you my money. <laughs> like, what, what do they think is going to happen here? That yeah. we're going to get upset that they delayed the game, so they're never going to delay a game again? It's like, no, they're just going to not give you a release date until, like, the week it comes out or something. And then you're going to scramble like, oh, why did they announce the release date earlier? I got to pay my parking ticket. <laughs> All that junk. And it's because, and the reason why they give us those release dates is, well, there's a lot of reasons, but there are the people who, if you don't get a release date, it's like, I don't think it's ever coming out. <laughs> and so you have to give. It's vaporware. It's got quietly canceled. Yeah, and so you have to give like some type of release date so that they can have expectations that you can know that the game's like moving along. <laughs> Jesus, last troll, last of the week. Yeah, last of us week. <laughs> Cyberpunk delayed. The Last of Us Two is gonna win Game of the Year. It's over. Sony paid CD Projekt to delay their game so The Last of Us Two can win Game of the Year. They pay there, there it is, AMC. The conspiracy is out in the open. The truth has been brought to light. Cyberpunk was moved out of the way. So The Last of Us 2 won't have any competition from a game that people don't think is going to be good. It's going to crash and burn. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. because So first off, remember the, there's that whole thing like, well... Last of Us is going to just completely consume all the sales of Ghost of Tsushima. 
Yeah. And then well, they realize that Cyberpunk is still going to eventually come out. Mm-hmm. So then they got to they gotta pay CD Projekt Red to delay that game so that they can continue selling more copies of The Last of Us 2. Mm-hmm. They also have to pay IGN to give them a 10 out of 10 mm-hmm. <laughs> so that the game gets incredible review scores. And the, so other, and the other like 80 something media outlets <laughs> that go into the Metacritic aggregate. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so everybody's but, getting paid right now. But Sony's broke. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sony's broke and arrogant. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's why they have no money to support their peripherals because they're busy paying off everybody else so that their games sell well. <laughs> About to get our fourth PlayStation camera. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Another, got, head, another headset. Got a console that looked like a VR headset. Yeah. Oh man. The touchpad still under controller. Yeah. Got the haptic uh, feedback. The Last of Us Two has some touchpad stuff going on that's interesting. Oh, what's that? What's that, Adev? Uh, uh, playing the guitar. Oh, interesting. Yeah, I'm still trying to figure it out. I can successfully get through the game, but there looks like there's a difference between how how much you swipe the pad. So it's the difference between playing a single a single string or playing a chord. I love that because when you look at um, trailers, a lot of times, if it's not gameplay, people just assume that it's not a part of the game. Mm-hmm. And I believe one of the first trailers of The Last of Us 2 was Ellie playing the guitar. So I like that that was alluded to, at least it was foreshadowing some gameplay. <laughs> <laughs> so that's awesome. <laughs> yeah, I mean, to an extent, it's come up a couple of times in the game. And it's not like you're just straight up playing the guitar. You, know, you can't you... just play, play the guitar all the time. <laughs> Well, like you do that thing that guitars usually do when they just finger around with the guitar a little bit before they for real play the song. So you do that that pregame fingering. <laughs> uh, moms, cover your children's ears. <laughs> It'd be awesome if uh, you could play the guitar like the honky tonk man and <laughs> and lull them to drop their defenses so that when they turn their back on you, you could hit them with the guitar. <laughs> They never saw it coming. <laughs> Hit them with the guitar, break it, stab them with the bridge, yeah. and then pull the guitar strings off and strangle another guy with a garotum. Yeah. Oh, speaking of, real quick, I didn't get to ask you. Um, I know there was a lot of um, discussion in the uh, in the initial trailers of the game that it was basically um, brutality porn. Uh, is the game pretty gruesome that you've uh, come across so far? It's, it's incredibly gruesome, which is great because it helps bring the setting of the atmosphere to life. It's not happiness and sunshine in the world of The Last of Us. It is bleak. It is dismal. It is dangerous. It is risky. <laughs> you, like, you never know if you're going to survive another day, especially when you're outside of the confines of a built-up fortification. So like, every moment is a gift in that game and as a result like people meet their gruesome end and it's ridiculous i love it like there's there's quite a bit of gore the the finishing moves and the the kills are incredibly graphic as i described to you in the the pre-show one time there was a i was like i was in a i was in somewhere i don't want to spoil it (laughs) and 
just a, a wave of clickers came at me. So shooting them one by one, I catch one in like the shoulder, it falls over and there's like ankle deep water that I'm standing in. So I see this thing like crawling through the water with the, the arm coming out the water, reaching at me every so often. I look down with the revolver and just put one in the top of his skull and it's just massive, just entry wound opens up. I was like, yes. Then after the whole encounter was done, I'm walking around and I'm like, dang, I can't see the loot because of the water. But what I did notice is that, oh, they all have like little blood stains in the water. So I just go check those and I'm finding my loot. <laughs> so, I mean, at some point it serves a function. And at, this, at the other point, it's to service the setting and the overall tone of the content. So I, I enjoy it. I mean, it's not like it's something that I really notice. I've been playing video games my entire life, so I'm completely desensitized. To violence and cartoon gore, real gore and all that stuff. That's that makes me uneasy. But as far as cartoons go, it's not real, <laughs> so it's not a big deal. Mm, it's awesome. Yeah. It, yeah, it's not. It's not murder porn. It's a video <laughs> game. <laughs> Where do people come up with this shit? <laughs> it's, really it's something to get mad at. Ada. Something it's, to get mad at. <laughs> it's always something. Uh, but, yeah. Is that is that the last of the trolls? That is the last of us trolls. Yes. Um, all right. Let's get into the next topic of the week. Top topic of the week. Oh, we got uh, as alluded to. We have details on Spider-Man Miles Morales. This yes. coming by way of Insomniac on the PlayStation blog. So I just took some key points so that you kind of get uh, more details on what's going on. So let's see. This coming from Insomniac. Let's set the scene for the game a little more. It's now wintertime, about a year after the events of the first game. Marvel's New York is covered in snow, and just before Christmas break, a war between an energy corporation and a high-tech criminal army has broken out. Miles' new home in Harlem is at the heart of the battle. So right there, we got, we got some idea. It's going to be uh, winter. Um, and so, winter in Harlem, baby. Black Christmas. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Um, you you spent some time in New York, uh, as you were becoming an adult. Where is Harlem? Uh, as far as like the boroughs, yeah. Uh, I could not tell you, Adobe. And hopefully, that doesn't decrease my accrued blackness points by asking that question. Yeah, you know what? We're we're West Coast black, so <laughs> <laughs> even even being in New York, I couldn't tell you exactly. Like everything is a close uh, ride on the train, but I couldn't tell you like the layouts of the cities. Like I never made it to Staten Island, never made it to Shallon, never made it to um, never made it to. Uh, <laughs> you never made it out to Staten Island. You didn't visit Man. <laughs> <laughs> <Nah>. <laughs> Yeah, they're like I pretty much like I spent most of my time in Manhattan. And that was about it um, when I was in New York. So like, uh, I mean, I might have gone places to eat, but I didn't really get familiar with the with all the boroughs, as 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 you could say. Like, I know Harlem exists. I know that a lot of important Black history happened there, and I know that it also used to be a, a pretty rowdy, dangerous place. Yeah, of which it is no more. 
<laughs> yeah, do you think uh, you'll be swinging through the city and you might just see a little, you might see Cameron, you might see Dipset just rolling around? <laughs> when you see that pink rover rolling down the street, <laughs> jump on camera, jump on Cameron's car, listen to Dipset. <laughs> Dipset, Dipset. Yeah, that's Duel Santana in the back. <laughs> I get computers putin. I get the looters looting. <laughs> get in the car. Um, yeah, so we got, <laughs> we got more Let's details. Let's discuss something. See you tomorrow. <laughs> now I'm dipping up the west side. Hand creeping up the left side. Ready to do. Ready to bump. Uh, uh, Dipset. Yes. Uh, all right. Some more details. Um, we yes. know a lot. We know a lot of you want to know about how big the game is. Our team at Insomniac has been working incredibly hard to bring you a fantastic Miles Morales adventure since we concluded development on Marvel's Spider-Man. You'll experience a full story arc with Miles, one that's more akin to a game like Uncharted Lost Legacy in terms of overall scope. Marvel's Spider-Man Miles Morales is an important, art-filled, emotional, and essential experience to expanding the Marvel Spider-Man universe, and we hope it, it will be for you as well. So uh, that bullet point there, um, important. So Lost Legacy, that is a game that you played a dub. And loved. Yes. Um, so interesting. So that it gives you an idea. So it might be a little bit smaller than, uh, sp- than the Spider-Man game, a more focused experience. But uh, from people that like, at least from interviews that I've uh, listened to this week, um, people breaking down that point, a lot of people are saying that they actually think that Lost Legacy is their un- favorite of the uncharted games it's definitely mine yeah and um if anything i remember i never played lost legacy but i remember that uncharted uh a thief uh the the final one a thief's a end thief's end could have been a tighter end of the thief <laughs> yeah end of the thief i felt the like it could have been the mac <laughs> <laughs> I uncharted like- five <laughs> I, I felt like it could have been a tighter experience. And so with that, I felt like Lost Legacy would have probably been the better of the two games for me to have played. And by the time Lost Legacy came out, I was kind of just good on Uncharted. And so with that, um, knowing that it's going to be more akin to Lost Legacy, that actually excites me a little bit more for this one, especially being that I didn't play the DLC and any of that. So this is going to be the taste of Spider-Man that I wanted um, with like, the little bits of enhancements and it being a, a tighter, more focused experience. Uh, what do you think about that, Adub? And I'm excited. Uh, the main thing I'm looking forward to, other than swinging around another New York City, as you know, for probably the first time for me, as a Spider-Man other than Peter Parker, it's yes. always an interesting proposition. Still hoping for the Spider Gwen treatment in a similar fashion one day. Uh, I, I'm just most interested in what Miles's skill progression is going to be like, especially knowing that he has that Venom Strike ability. So seeing how that's going to get woven into combat and what it takes. Also looking forward to seeing what kind of costumes he's going to have. I think uh, Peter Parker had some 50 or more costumes after all the DLCs were out. So let's see Miles get... Let's see your boy get 15, 20. <laughs> like, give me some options. Let me give your boy a wardrobe. Uh, looking forward to seeing what kind of upgrades and like equipment he's going to have. Are they just going to take the same devices that Peter has? Or is Miles going to get his own unique spider-oriented devices? Perhaps they can use Miles to try out things that 
didn't make Peter's cut. So that can be interesting in itself. Looking forward to figuring out who the villain's going to be, you know, taking them down. But overall, it's all about that combat, man. It's as long as I can swing through that city, plummet from the sky, land on the telephone pole, yank a dude in the air, punch him, web kick a dude, hit the ground, start spider sense dodging. I'll be fine. Yeah, they had uh, mentioned that they wanted to like play into the the fact that like you know Miles is black, and so like the cultural aspect of that, and so with that like the costumes, it would be interesting to see what they come out with. Like if if we could get like something with like a red, black, and green, or, a Black Lives Matter costume, it would be interesting oh, to see which route they could go. You know, funny story, a little side note, a little a little subtopic of the week. Mm. Bungie is developing a pin for Black Lives Matter. It's like a little emblem, and I believe pre-orders go live for that next week, and it'll also unlock an emblem in Destiny 2. Oh, oh nice. I and then all about that. Yeah, and all the proceeds that they get from that, they're going to donate to causes that help the cause. Hell yeah. So uh, A-Dub will be looking to pre-order that. Hell yeah. Um one last note. So uh, how will this take advantage of the PlayStation 5? We are, we are also excited for the game to demonstrate the power of the PlayStation 5 this holiday. Marvel Spider-Man Miles Morales will show off near instant loading, ray tracing, 3D audio, and the DualSense controller. Oh, that's why it looks shinier. Hell yeah. Uh, we've upgraded our characters with 4D scans and improved skin shading for more realistic looking characters and spine, spline, it says spline. Spline based hair that <laughs> that moves far more naturally. Uh, you see, <coughs> excuse me, yes, because yes. that just took me by surprise. That was something that I noticed just looking at the screenshots because they there's there's this split screen that's circulating that's showing what Miles looks like in Spider Man PS4 versus what he looks like in Spider Man PS5. And I keep remarking to myself that the power of the PS5 comes with better haircuts because he clearly has a much cleaner fade in, in the PS5 version than he does in the PS4. And now with you talking about how they're rendering hair differently, it makes total sense now. So yeah, that's next gen power, baby. Get better fades. Hell yeah. And then, um, one last note is, uh, oh, they said many of the city's assets have also been updated to take advantage of the new console. So you know what that means? They dub. We're going to be seeing puddles everywhere. Uh, puddles <laughs> on the walls. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to look like a Salvador Dali thing. <laughs> oh, damn. You'd be probably, it'd probably be interesting to make a Salva, Salvatore Dali inspired game. Yeah. Everything melting. Well, yeah. I guess that's what Splatoon. That that MC Escher game. <laughs> that would be, isn't that a Monument Valley? Oh, maybe I don't know. I'd have to see it. Yeah. <laughs> oh mercy! Yeah, Spider Man, Miles Morales, shaping up good. I'm liking what I'm hearing. I want to know more. I want to see it. So I'm excited. AMC, how do you feel? Uh, yeah, I'm excited. This is uh, a game that is pretty much a console seller for me. Not that I wasn't already going to get it, but. This was the game that pushed up the uh, the timeline of when I plan to get a PS5 because I, I can only go so long without playing Miles Morales. And I did like that they said that it's an essential game um, within the Spider-Man uh, 
like uh, narrative. So that means that things that happen in this game will carry over into the uh, the next uh, Spider-Man game. And they did say that, don't worry, Peter Parker will be back. So I know people are like, oh, is this just Miles from here on out? And it's like, no, that's that's not the case. <laughs> yeah. We will get to play a game with uh, Peter Parker again. So you'll get your, your white Spider-Man back. <laughs> <laughs> your whiter man. <laughs> now, uh, bonus yeah, question. Yeah. Bonus yes. question about Miles before we move on. Do you think by any stretch of the imagination that we're that we're going to be swinging through the city and we'll see a cipher happening oh my god i hope so <laughs> i hope so there's a lot like are we gonna are we gonna see dudes like <laughs> singing next to a, a burning trash can <laughs> like oh, yeah, gerald the burden <laughs> yeah like just staying warm yeah <laughs> singing yeah. Are, is it are the streets going to have black culture that's it, what i want to know yeah it's interesting i mean I, w- I wonder and my other thing too is because like these games have obviously been in development for a while now at least like for the last two years we'll say with miles morales um when do when especially if it's a contemporary game when do they start acknowledging like covid like when do we start seeing people with masks and things like that walking around the city like, is, is that going to be something that's like worked in later or is that like you assume that it's only of this time, so maybe they never put that in, hoping that that just never becomes the case. Because if you see people like hugging, giving each other's dap, and like yeah. all that stuff, it's like, well, like, this that ain't realistic. breaking the immersion, yeah. <laughs> so I haven't, I haven't hugged anyone in seven months. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so there's certain hug things, everyone every day. <laughs> yeah. So there's certain things that. Um, I, I'm, I'm curious to see how that will all like play in, but yeah, I I hope that we're seeing that cipher that um those dudes singing around the uh, the burning the burning barrel. <laughs> God, that would be great. <laughs> uh, you got anything else before we go into the next topic of the week? Top topic of the week. I got a little bit of news that's beginning to pan out. Oh, what you got, Ado? Well, by way of IGN, my man Jordan Oleman bringing the news crash bandicoot 4 it's about time is allegedly heading to ps4 and xbox one so we had a what a leak on some regional amazon web page that showed pricing for the game uh we've got pictures of box art and then there was another little tidbit that ign hit us with where they said they reported earlier this month on leaked merchandise that appeared to suggest a new Crash Bandicoot was inbound. Uh, At the time when this article was written, just yesterday, IGN received a 200-piece puzzle with the message, a little something to help pass the time, in all caps, which revealed one of the masks seen on the leaked cover that's been circulating on the Twitter. So, it's looking like we're getting another Crash Bandicoot. AMC, how do you feel? I mean, it makes all the sense in the world. Um, when they released the Crash Bandicoot uh, trilogy, uh, everybody was super excited to the point that it sold extremely well. Um, and so I think they just took note and they're like, hey, we might as well just put out. And you can always tell whenever they put out those remasters, or those remakes uh, of a game that hasn't been out in a while, 
it is almost kind of a filler of uh is this worth uh is this worthy of a sequel to continue mm-hmm. the franchise and bring it back and when people show up in support which is what we always say if you want more of something you show up and support that thing rather than waiting for it to come out free on ps plus um then they take note and they start working towards the sequel and so i'm happy that they took note from the consumers i'm happy that the consumers showed their support and now we will get a full-fledged new crash bandicoot experience for next gen i'm assuming so that's awesome this is how it works vote with your dollars you want to crash you got some crash you showed up for crash you're getting more crash i mean it, it all plays into it's even like connected in a way because we got we got the uh, those re-releases, then we got Crash and uh, Uncharted: A Thief's End. So it's like it was just circling, and you knew that we were just making our way. They were putting out all the fillers, and so now we're at the point where we're ready for a new full-fledged Crash experience. They put out the cash grabs so they can make enough money to make another cash grab. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. That's how it's going down. Yes. All right. So we got the next topic of the week. Uh, topic of the week. week. All right. So this is actually from last week, but because the uh, PlayStation 5 event was just so huge, we never bothered to get to it because last week we didn't even cover all the games and the episode still came out to an hour and 30 minutes. <laughs> it was a movie length uh, episode, which is pretty insane. Uh, so with that, Let's get right into May NPDA-Dub. All right, and with that, we'll go into the top 20 best-selling games in the U.S. for the month of May. Number one on the list, A-Dub, Call of Duty Modern Warfare. Back at the top. Uh, If you remember, in April, the best-selling game was Final Fantasy VII um, Remake. So uh, we see Call of Duty now move back up to that number one spot. Number two, (laughs) A-Dub. Because it's never off the list. Even with the announcement that we're getting an enhanced version next gen, even with the announcement that we're getting the free-to-play online version of the game, people still want the current gen version. So number two on the list for May 2020, Grand Theft Auto V. Mm. Number three on Hold the on, A, that probably spurred sales knowing that their game is going to be supported on the next gen console. There might have been, might have been people who were waiting for GTA 6 or trying to wait for some upgraded version of GTA 5 to come out on PS5. Once they announced that GTA Online is going to be free and that if you have GTA 5 already, you get the million dollars a month or a week or whatever. You get that stimulus. You get that universal basic income. Oh, man. Let me get a million dollars one time. (laughs) I'm not the man that you befriended. <laughs> that was a long ago. <laughs> yeah, that, that should cover all. Well, if we got a million dollars, but nah, I was going to say that should cover all your expenses that one time. <laughs> oh, yeah. Just put all that money in an index fund and let it accrue interest over the next 10 years and then live off 4% of it for the rest of my life. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just like that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> So yeah, uh, yeah. So you see that all that information that explains everything. A dub well put. And so yes, it's now at the number two spot for the month of May, and number three, A dub still holding on strong. Damn what? Animal Crossing: New Horizons. Oh, oh, is Animal Crossing still a thing? Yeah, apparently. Yeah, they did that little celebrity Animal Crossing tour earlier this week, and I was looking at the. 
the live chat and somebody was like, is Animal Crossing still a thing? It's like, dude, it's one of the games that helped achieve the highest selling month in gaming history. Yeah, it's a phenomenon phenomenon at this point. Something, Something like, like a, a phenomenon. phenomenon. <laughs> 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 oh, we don't forget, LL. We don't forget. Yeah. yeah. Uh, number four, NBA 2K20. Number right. five, still going strong, Mortal Kombat 11. That's good. Yeah, I love it. Uh, rumors swirling that Microsoft might buy Nether Realms. Yes, I believe. Uh, or WB or. Some a bunch of things people think Microsoft's gonna buy. Yeah, I mean, I've, it's that thing. Like every couple months, there's like something like, oh, PlayStation should just buy them, and now <laughs> yeah, WB is swarming in this somehow in the Microsoft like catalog. Well, WB is looking to be bought. Yeah. So, and then Microsoft apparently has expressed interest in a handful of studios, including like Techland, who does Dying Light, as well as Eleven Bit Studios, and I can't pull any of their games off the top of my head. So I'm sorry about that. Yes. And then uh, I believe, uh, is it Murphy? Murphy Robocop is uh, coming or is already out on Mortal Kombat 11. So people, people still showing up. And then a couple months later, Murphy Lee from the St. Lunatics is coming to Mortal Kombat. You ain't seen Murphy Lee before. <laughs> <laughs> In his Air Force ones. In his Air Force ones. I watched some gameplay of the Terminator versus Robocop and Mortal Kombat 11, and neither one of them jumped. Oh, yeah. Hell yeah. <laughs> Which I would think uh, that should be the way it is. I just yeah. thought it was kind of weird, but at the same token, it's like maybe that ground game, yeah. <laughs> so, that anti air game is strong. Hell yeah. Hell yeah, it is. Um, let's see, number six, Red Dead Redemption 2, still selling. That is great. Seven, Minecraft, uh, still selling. Number Something eight, like a phenomenon. Uh, in case you were wondering where it was at, it was number one last month at the number eight spot, Final Fantasy VII Remake. Mm, tapering. Yep, but people still buying it. Number nine, Assassin's Creed Odyssey. Damn, these games are just still showing up. Uh, number 10, Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order. 11, Madden NFL 20. 12 Mario Kart 8 Deluxe 13 Need for Speed Heat I thought nobody wanted it yeah dead in the water <laughs> yeah it's um, got slot machines 14 Z- Z- uh, Xenoblade Chronicles Definitive Edition with an asterisk oh uh 15 Minecraft Dungeons oh man I was wondering what, what was going on with this game so I want to get it so bad yeah <laughs> but, I, but I know I shouldn't <laughs> that dungeon crawler. Um, let's see, sixteen. Oh wow, uh, Saints Row the Third Remastered because people are hungry for another Saints Row. Mm-hmm. Seventeen MLB The Show twenty eighteen Super Smash Brothers Ultimate Call of Duty Black Ops three and closing off the list or at number twenty FIFA twenty. Oh yes, sir. All right, so here are the details that we got. Um, no new releases ranked among the top 10 best-selling games of the month. The highest-ranking new release was Xenoblade Chronicles Definitive Edition uh, at the 14th slot. Let's see, dollar sales. Dollar sales of track video game software gained 67% in May compared to a year ago to $438 million. Oh. This is the highest total achieved since $487 million reached in May 2010. Year-to-date dollar sales track video game software total at $2.5 
of a billion, 13% higher when compared to a year ago. So that's interesting. Even though the new releases um, didn't crack the top 10, we're still seeing gains in software sales. So maybe these are people who are who bought like uh, new consoles because of the COVID being at home. And now the, I love how you call it the COVID. The COVID, yeah. <laughs> People want to call it the Rona. I call it the COVID. <laughs> yeah, I saw, I saw the highlights on the ESP. Yeah, it's like right when, I, right when Theo was born, I started adding the into uh, a lot more of my vocabulary. <laughs> you decided to start being someone's dad. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody's dead. <laughs> <laughs> how is the 10-minute podcast? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> I know that Chris Lee and Brian Callan have moved on to bigger and better things. Damn. Yeah. Will Chris Lee got Chris Lee got some trouble. Oh, did he? Is yeah. He, is, he, is he saying some things? <laughs> uh, no. Apparently, uh, he's accused of having done some things. Oh. Well, everybody's got a pass, so we'll a, little, see. a little sexual assault. Yeah, yeah. If you could, if this was a visual podcast, you would see me grabbing my collar right now. You would see me making that that weird emoji face that everybody uses but nobody likes. Yeah, with the wide <laughs> grin, like. Yeah. <laughs> but you know, wish him the best. If he's innocent, I hope they figure that out swiftly and get off his back. Yes. Um, let's see. More comment eleven. Here's a note. It is the highest ti- is it is the highest the title has ranked on the monthly charts since it was the third best selling game in of June twenty nineteen. Mortal Kombat eleven is currently the fifth best selling fighting game in U.S. history. So damn, just creeping up those uh, rankings. Mm-hmm. Just fighting its way to the top of the fighters. <laughs> yes. <laughs> All right. So here are the uh, top ten best selling games of the year so far. Number one, Call of Duty Modern Warfare. Number two, still holding on, Animal Crossing New Horizons. Number three, even though it dropped down, still selling well, Final Fantasy VII Remake. Number four, because it will always be selling, don't forget about it, Grand Theft Auto V. That's right. Number five, NBA 2K20. You might not have NBA until July, but you'll always have simulated basketball. Exactly. Number six, set up, on. Set up your stream, call, call your Twitch channel, ESPN, like, sub or something <laughs> espn light and <laughs> just simulate games yes like we we could have realistically we actually could have kept sports going instead of just shutting everything down we could have kept it going just simulated on these games yeah exactly and I mean, don't don't like like just just create the fantasy you don't have to record the stats you don't have to chalk them up as any kind of wins or anything just for everybody's personal enjoyment and sanity run these simulated games have professional commentary on them and run highlights yeah let dig nasty get in there yes. <laughs> and yeah it, and instead of calling it by like, oh, I'm past LeBron. And I, even though you could do that, I'd like them to see, I like to see them use the the names of the people playing the characters in the sim. Well, you can just simulate it, but you know what I mean. Yeah, I, I totally get it. And I'm all for it. I'm all for simulating everything in life. I mean, didn't they do that with NASCAR? Uh, well, actually, they just had, um, well, they, yeah, they, actually, they just had the racers actually play the game themselves. <laughs> and so, I mean, it was like, all right, if you can't see them actually driving on a track, why not see them playing a video game? Because 
basically the, the games are that damn close to uh, the experience as far as the uh, course design and everything. So you just get the actual drivers, give them, give them the sticks and let them have at it. And that's what they did until NASCAR was back on. And, and now the Confederate flags are gone. Yeah. yeah. And do you, <laughs> the Confederate flags are gone and there is a Black Lives Matter car. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, it was, uh, it was a Bubba Wallace rolling with the. Uh, he had the I can't breathe shirt with the uh, American flag mask with the uh, Black Lives Matter car. You damn right. You damn. Right. And then like one guy retired, and apparently he had not won any races. Yeah. It's not like it's not like he was anyone of significance in the sport. So yeah. he's, he's. I think I think he just he found himself a second life after his racing career by protesting parentheses yeah but in actuality he just found a way to like it it's kind of like that joke i don't know if it was maz jabroni or somebody who was like if i if i step into the blocks at a sprint and i look down the track and i see that i'm in usain bolt's heat i'm running in the opposite direction <laughs> because <laughs> no matter what happens it, like he's gonna win but no matter what they have to interview you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and I guess, I guess in this uh, situation, he was on the starting blocks and he was sitting right next to change. And no matter what change was going to win yeah. so in the opposite direction. It was either Maz or like Russell Peters or somebody. I hate that. I, I don't know exactly who it was. So, you know, my bad to whoever really said that joke. Um, let's see, number six on the list. Number Dragon Ball Z. Dragon Ball Z Kakarot still, still holding moving. On. Yes. Still moving. Moving them units. Number seven, MLB the show twenty. That's right. Number eight, Resident Evil Three. Don't forget that that came out. Oh uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh number nine, Man NFL twenty, and number ten still selling on the list. I thought nobody liked this because apparently they didn't like riding horses. But people still got it. Red Dead Redemption Two, that game yes. came out last year. Still, killing. still moving. Uh, let's go into the top five of each individual console. So Xbox One, number one, Call of Duty Modern Warfare. Two, Grand Theft Auto Five, Assassin's Creed Odyssey, Minecraft Dungeons, and number five, Mortal Kombat Eleven. Minecraft Dungeons broke the top five. Hell yeah, it did. That's, That's the reason why it's on the list. Um, interesting too because I don't see it here for PlayStation. PlayStation Four, number one, Call of Duty: Modern Warfare, two, Grand Theft Auto Five, three, Final Fantasy VII Remake, NBA Two K Twenty, and Mortal Kombat Eleven. And um, for the Switch, top five: Animal Crossing: New Horizons, Mario Kart, Mario Kart Eight Deluxe, Xenoblade Chronicles Definitive Edition, Super Smash Bros. Ultimate, and The Legend of Zelda: Breath of the Wild. And we have some notes on hardware. Hardware was up uh, 56% year-on-year, year, $235 the largest May month since the $239 million achieved in May 20, uh, 2010. Year-to-date spinning reached $1.4 billion, up 34% year-on-year. Year. So hardware sales are still going up. Uh, but AMC, people are saving their money for next gen. Yeah. They, need to, they need to drop the price. Yeah. <laughs> Exactly. And what's cool about this, what we know about smart delivery and PlayStation's forward compatibility is that people will be buying games right now and they know that they can buy the next gen hardware and be able to carry their games over. 
Uh, so that's awesome. So um, why not hop in now? You're not going to be penalized for it other than the fact that you bought the hardware, which you can maybe flip eventually and turn that money over to the new hardware. Oh, Lord. Yes. Can't, can't stand those people. <laughs> Uh, and then uh, one last note, Switch was the best-selling console for the month in both unit and dollar sales. Sales of consoles were the highest for any individual platform in a May month since 3DS in May 2009. So Switch is still moving, at least until PlayStation 5 and Series X comes out. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's, uh, that's it that I have. Do you have anything else, Adub, before we call it a night? Well, I have an idea. Oh, what is that? For the Mortal Kombat franchise. Mm. Because now we've, we've not only gotten Terminator, mm-hmm. we've not only gotten RoboCop, mm-hmm. and they're, they're basically successfully integrated into the fighting game world. I think we should go a step further. Let's get Sarah Connor, and let's get RoboCop's partner. I forget her name, but she was dope. Yes. And let's yes. get them. Let's get them in Mortal Kombat. <laughs> yeah, that'd be shit. Yeah. Because <laughs> like that, that Terminator Sarah Two Sarah Connor would be crazy. Yeah, I, we, she has to have the one-handed uh, cocking of the shotgun. The shotgun pump. <laughs> yep. That was my shit with the one arm. <laughs> and then her finishing move is that she does that sequence, and it comes down to that last bullet. Yeah. And then she moves out the way and like the Terminator. Somehow there's always like a, a rotating, uh, what is it like assembly line thing that he can roll up on. <laughs> they should just play. <laughs> they should just play the clip from the movie. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and like, I mean, for real, like play him coming up and shooting and then it hitting the T-1000 and it falling into the line. Yeah, and that's the finishing. The character goal. splits down the middle every time. They were all two one thousands the entire time. <laughs> Why is oh, the T one thousand in a game? Why is it the T one thousand in a game? <laughs> Why aren't more like Terminator characters in these games? Yeah, I mean, uh, whatever. You know, so many routes with these Terminators. Uh, I mean, listen, I'm sure we had the Predator, the Alien. Yeah. Whatever. Whatever. <laughs> but yeah, that's all I had to add to that segment. What you got, AMC? How we doing? Uh, no, I think that's it. That's all we got for the final episode. Do you have any final words, A Dub, before we call it a day? I ain't got nothing. All right. <laughs> I'm I'm ready to get back into The Last of Us 2. I'm having a blast. Looking forward to whatever secrets and twists the game may hold because I play games for what they are, not for what other people tell me they're supposed to be. But the story, A-Dub, the story. Um, well, A-Dub, this is Control Issues. I'm Andrew MC. And as Thank you. Suckers. Suckers.